Welcome to More Than a Crown 2.0. As I settle into post-Miss USA life, post-pandemic life in Dallas, I'm going to chat with you about faith, identity, relationships, and of course, how we're all more than our biggest failures and our greatest successes. You're going to hear from myself and Connor, as well as fellow boss babes. So subscribe, like, and download. Follow along on our Instagram at the More Than a Crown podcast, and let's tackle this next season together. Okay, guys, one of your favorite guests ever, a reoccurring guest, is back today on More Than a Crown 2.0, and lots of his episodes on season one were some of the most listened to and favorite episodes, so... Connor. (laughs) Such a dramatic intro, but I appreciate it. (laughs) I am dramatic. That is true. (laughs) Uh, So if you guys are first-time listeners, Connor is my husband. We are going on two years this October of being married. Yeah, just a few more weeks till we're across the two-year threshold. (laughs) And how long have we been together overall? So since... November of 2016. So this is five years. So this will be five years. Whoop, whoop. Good thing. Great thing. And we continue to learn about each other and probably will forever and ever. Of course. And one of the things that you have learned and grown in a lot since we got married, but also when we were just dating, was learning how to respond to like my sad days when I'm struggling with my mental health. Oh, absolutely. Do you want to share a little bit about the experience you had prior to being with me? and Or, or lack thereof. <laughs> I mean, there's really not much experience. Well, you're from a fairly private family. Yeah. I mean, it was. I have two brothers, so three boys, um, mom and dad. And then growing up, I think we were just shielded from a lot of the mental health side of things, whether it was present or not, we wouldn't have known. And therefore would have never uh, known how to deal with it, how to talk about it. And so, yeah, I mean, when we started dating, obviously like, like the first few months, you're not, I mean, it really wasn't. I think my first or my, I know that my first anxiety attack was when I was in Oklahoma city for my clinical rotations at OU children. Right. But we'd been together for what, a year and a half at at that that point. point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was probably the first big experience that I had with somebody that I loved expressing that they just were not doing well. Uh, yeah, no, horrible anxiety. I called and asked for help, and I called you and my mom, and you both came to Oklahoma City and stayed with me for a few days because that's what I needed. And then after that, that first anxiety attack and just really struggling, I finished my clinical rotations even though I really didn't want to at all. I just wanted to go home. And that's when I got on a prescription mm-hmm. and started to – I saw a therapist. And I remember – do you know what I'm going to tell? No. About when you called it a shrink. Oh. <laughs> you were like, so you're going to a shrink? Yeah, that, I guess that was not the appropriate <laughs> And I was like, term. babe, I feel like you could say a therapist, a counselor, or you're talking to someone, a professional – Shrink, I just think, has such a negative connotation. At least it did in my mind. I don't know. It was just a term that I'd heard on TV. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, so that's one thing that he did at the beginning that was funny and just played to the ignorance of it all. And I said, okay, let's let's not call it that. This could be offensive for me and maybe other people. So it's funny little things like that that 
we've learned and are growing through together. But things that you've always done super well is just saying that I'm here for you and that you love me. And tell our listeners what you have always said since the beginning about like affirming and what what is your line? Yeah, well, I, I always told you from the beginning of our relationship that two things that you'd always get from me were encouragement and affirmation. And so that would be in things that you were pursuing. That would be in just times of chaos or trials. All that you received from me in those moments was affirmations that you are who God says you are and encouragement that uh, I love you and you're amazing. And And on the hard days, it'll get better. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things on the mental health side of things that I learned was like you always hear it's okay to, to be not okay. Um, and But it's hard to really understand what that means in real life, I think. And so one of the questions that I ask you when I know you're just having a bad day or feeling sad is, hey, are you, are you just upset at something or are you just sad? And sometimes and you never <laughs> usually get it when I say, I'm just sad today. You're like, but why? <laughs> well, yeah, but also I think there's been times where you're like, I'm just sad today. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. You can be sad. Right. And then there'll be times when I try to get me off my butt. Exactly. And encourage you and do things or encourage you to do things that I know make you happy. Like what? Whether that's get your butt into a workout class mm-hmm. that that I know is like is is just joyful for you to be in. It's not like <laughs> I think that can come across bad, so I should explain. Go work out. Like No. <laughs> it's not like that. It's workouts release no, happy yeah. endorphins and it's always I know that I feel better and more energized after I work out, but on the hard days when I'm feeling low, that's like the last thing I actually want to force myself to do. I just right. want to sit around and do nothing and watch Netflix. But yeah, like when you go to Soul Cycle or mm-hmm. I mean anywhere. anywhere, it's you're just so lively afterwards mm-hmm. and happy. So yeah. that's one of the things I encourage you to go do. And one of the reasons that we're recording this episode is because I know that a lot of people struggle with mental health in different ways. Nobody's story is exactly the same as each other. So don't compare to us. But if you are dating someone or in a relationship, it's it's fun for us to be able to share what we've learned from and are doing better and what we're continuing to grow in together. But last week I had one of those sad days and I told Connor, I was like, okay, do you want to go on a walk with me in Bali? Because I know that that would be good for me, but I don't want to go by myself because I just won't. And that's when I was like, oh, we should record a pod on this. Yeah. And it was helpful. Yeah, it was. When we got back from the walk, I felt productive. Mm -hmm. It's it's really crazy. The simple things that cheer you up. Right. I mean, just going outside for a little bit or going to workout class. Yeah. So I definitely have anxiety. I am still on a prescription medication. Um, and what are your thoughts on that? What were your thoughts at first? I remember you asked questions like, how long do you need to be on this? When can you get off of it? But you haven't asked those sorts of things lately. So what are your current thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what my current thoughts are. I, I don't, I was, I did question the prescriptions just because I was, I don't know. I, I don't like to take medicine. Right. And it's, what's important is it's not just, I know I keep describing, I have these sad days every once in a while, but it comes along with anxiety and 
and depression and it's not just sadness. It's not just that emotion. It's like a, it's a full on sad day. And so truly anxiety is that chemical imbalance. So for me, prescriptions have helped a lot. It was interesting to find the perfect dosage and everything. So I encourage you if, if you're struggling to see your doctor and talk about it. And then once you do try something, if you decide to do that, to communicate with them on how that's working or how it's not, because you might need to change your dosage. But I think that helped me understand as far as just the science goes and the chemicals in your brain that are involved, like that helped me understand, okay, um, there is something going on that can be mediated and subtracted from with some of God's creations called drugs. (laughs) Medicine. (laughs) Medicine. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, that, that certainly gave me some perspective and, um, when kind of walking through that with you. Yeah, definitely. And you are such a analytical, logical mind. Yeah. Learning the science or the like logical reasoning behind things is helpful for you. But what's interesting about depression and anxiety is it's not logical most of the time. Yeah. Sure, like when I was in Oklahoma City and in Thailand, when I had my biggest panic attacks of my life thus far, those were logical. Like you saw this was the problem. Yeah, there was an outside force that came in and with stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. But with the with the prescriptions, it was like I, I just wanted to make sure there was a it was there was a purpose for it and it wasn't just something that was you were taking to dilute a problem and then there was gonna be a bunch of these side effects that came with it. I wanted it I just wanted to make sure that, hey, this isn't something that's gonna cause harm right later no. on or um I mean I think it's good that you ask those questions. Yeah. Well but at first you didn't ask them in necessarily the right way. Like you didn't say what you just said. You said, well how long do you need to be on it? Kind of things. So those are things we've learned over time. Right. Well I just think in my head it was like you take Advil when your knee hurts. Right. Like when your knee stops hurting, you stop taking Advil. Right. You don't like just pound Advil. <laughs> like it's awful for your liver. So, oh no, that's funny. So like, I think that was the extent of my, like, obviously when you get sick, when you're young, you take a Z pack or whatever, but it was something that always had a means to an end. And so that was where those questions were like, okay, well, like once the problem is solved, like, do you stop taking it? What's right? And maybe, maybe you do. I, I mean, time yeah, will tell. And that's fair. And I've, I've spoken to my doctor about that as well. And I would encourage y'all to do the same if, if this is something you're thinking about, but okay, when can I potentially get off of this? Do I need it for the rest of my life? How does this work? Like and that should be clear. Like the goal is not to be on this for the rest of your life. The goal is to mediate the, right. The symptoms. And, and I remember it was so funny. Well. Um, our family doctor who prescribed it for me in the first place was like, well, when do you see a less stressful period? Is it, Are you entering a less stressful period now that you're no longer Miss USA? And I'm like, haha, at the time I was planning the wedding. Yeah. And then you were about to move in for the first time. And then COVID happened. And then we moved. And then honestly, right now, like we could probably reevaluate because we're officially settled into Dallas. But we will talk about that on another episode, all about that. But we just wanted to talk about this, about things to say, things not to say. Some of the things that I think you do really well is, and this partially comes from me too. Like I, I'm 
fairly decent at telling you when I'm having yeah, a hard no, day. You're, you're vocal when it comes to telling me that, hey, I'm just having a crummy day. Right. And that's okay. And usually I can tell, but sometimes it's a little bit harder. Yeah. Right. And I'll just come to you and I'll say, can I have a hug? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes I need that. And so it's important too for those that are struggling to be able to vocalize and express it rather than just act out through not talking or responding with frustration or anger or whatever because they can't read your mind. And that goes for friendships, family relationships also, not just with your significant other. I think like whoever you're surrounded by that your attitude and energy is going to impact, it's important to express to them what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you get to a point where you can just say, hey, I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. having a sad day mm-hmm. that's a huge step forward um and when you're surrounded by people you love and pe- people that love you um they want nothing more than to just be there for you in those in those days in those moments and so uh, vocalize that express it and mm-hmm. let people love you well yeah and i know during some of the like really hard days like thailand for example you would you prayed over me as well yeah. That was always really sweet and helpful and brought a lot of peace. I think that's where our, that's ultimately where our strength comes from. And so, and God is pretty clear about um, that it's, it's in our weakness that he will be made strong and he is the Prince of Peace. And so, I mean, who do we go to first in those moments of just feeling sad and crummy? It's, should be the Lord. Right. Pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about stress, it like <laughs> there's good stress and bad stress, right? And there's always going to be stress. But um, how would you uh, – I'm going to ask you a question. What <laughs> The season that we're in now, is it a lot of good stress? Is it a lot – some bad stress? I mean, how would I would you- say I don't feel super stressed in the season that we're in right now. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> and the season that we're in is that we're now, what, six, seven months into living in Dallas. I finally found some girlfriends. Yeah. We have a church home. And we'll talk about all of that in a different episode. But yeah, I think my stress is definitely, it's different now. It's, of course, there's always, like you said, going to be stress, but I don't feel as stressed as I did planning a big event like a wedding or moving in for the first time or moving in general or in the height of the beginning of COVID or deciding to not return to New York. Like those were very high stress situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lo- like, I love, I don't, let me rephrase. I, I enjoy a healthy amount of stress because it challenges me. It, it wakes me up in the morning. It gets me excited to go out and accomplish the things I need to accomplish that day because Those are things that need to get done in order for the ball to keep moving. And so that's what I mean by good stress. Like Mm. there are things to do, things to get done, and it motivates me. Well, I don't think every task is stressful. Well, I mean, how would you define stress then? (laughs) Stress would be something that makes me feel not, not good. Stress makes me feel negative. Negative. You well, think they're no? I think I think sometimes stress is like a. There can be a positive anxiousness about you that 
motivates you to get things done that need to get done. So, AKA like, being excited about something. Well, no, like if there's something that one of my clients needs and I am out and about, but I know that something needs to get done, it, it may consume parts of my thoughts and like maybe cause me to stress a little bit that I, that's something I need to get done. But it, I think that's positive because we have a, hmm. yeah, yeah. if we don't get it done, <laughs> then client's not happy. Um, we're not growing as a business. Yeah. Um, and I think and then it leads to the things that do bring excitement and joy, which is a growing business. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, more than more importantly than that, a, a client that loves and appreciates the service that we're providing. And so, yeah, and that's fair, but I think large, big events, I think is what my main large change, big change events is what I'm thinking of when I think of yeah big, bad stress. The unknown. Hmm. Yeah. Well, in, in life well, it's funny too because I'm a seven. So if you guys have ever heard of the Enneagram, a seven loves change and spontaneity. But I think it's change that I don't want that really stresses me out, a.k.a. leaving yeah. New York. Um, if anybody should be stressed out about change, it should be me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like change, that's for sure. But coming back to Dallas, for example, wasn't change for you because this is home. It's not – I don't know that it's – I dislike change. It's that – I enjoy a regiment, a routine, and and when that is then broken, it's just not as I'm not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's funny. I don't thrive with change as well as you do. That is funny. One other thing that I thought about that we should definitely discuss before we get off is we mentioned me seeing someone, a professional, and the shrink jokes from the past. Um, But one thing that is important is we also did do premarital counseling. We did. And so we haven't necessarily gone to – we've had a very unconvention, unconventional marriage thus far because we were long distance for three years. We did our premarital counseling virtually with – the person was virtual and each other. Mm-hmm. Like all of us were on the phone together. This was before Zoom was a really big thing. I know. We just we did just, phone calls. We did it out of the being long distance. Are we living in the 90s? <laughs> no Zoom. That's funny. But – that was always really good too to have somebody looking from a third party perspective. It's not a family member that could guide the both of us in terms of how to respond to like the hard days, how to respond to when I was just annoyed yeah. or vice versa. So I would encourage that as well, especially if you're in that engagement season, definitely do premarital counseling. Yeah. We used, um, a tool it's not the Enneagram but it was a tool that measures behaviors mm-hmm. and so in that process we learned a lot about each other I think the biggest and how things, we work together yeah how I mean we learned that we already kind of knew this but that we were pretty opposites as far uh-huh. as personality and behaviors go but we also learned about like the risk of the behaviors that we exhibited and Hey, here's some situations that could come based on how Sarah is and how Connor is mm-hmm. and uh, how would you guys respond or, or yeah. what are some things just to be aware of as you move forward? And so it was super helpful. And then even since then we have hopped back on the phone with that counselor that we worked with two or three times even just to kind of check in one time yeah. we specifically reached out because it was early on in our marriage 
in the middle of COVID living with my parents, your in-laws, and yeah. we reached out because there was just annoyance happening in our lives. <laughs> but otherwise, we've just called to like check in and have a little yeah. touch in, which is always really good. Absolutely. Provokes intentional conversation because I think when you live with someone, you can get your life can get monotonous and you don't actually have the hard conversations. Especially with me. <laughs> and the routine. <laughs> Hilarious. But yes, I'm I'm very proud of you and I'm thankful for you. And what are things that you wish I could do better in terms of struggling with my mental health in our relationship? Oh man. Just what are things that I think that you could do better? I know we discussed that I do a pretty good job of telling you when yeah. I'm struggling. I mean, I, I don't know that I have an answer for things that, I mean, obviously for me, like I, I want you to be as healthy as possible. And so, but I, I don't know that there's any like feedback I can give you mm -hmm. to like, right. Just be healthier. Like, I don't know what that looks <laughs> no, like. No, definitely not. Those are things not to say. Yeah. Why can't you just be happy? You have such a great life. Just have fun. Just be happy today. Like, no, those are things not to say. Definitely not. Um, you can't just flip a switch, even though if anybody listening does struggle with anxiety, you definitely, there's times when you do wish you could just flip a switch and make it all go away. We don't want to feel that way and be anxious, but there's even been times where we've had to cancel plans. Yeah, absolutely. And how did you receive, you receive everything with such grace and love that I don't even remember like a specific example. You've never made a scene or been upset about it. That's for sure. But I think you're always like, it's okay. We can reschedule. Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, it's not frequent. No, it's not at all. And most at the end of the day, it just comes down to what's most important. And the most important things to me are my relationship with, Christ and then my relationship with you and allowing that to be a reflection of the love that God has for us. And so that then that boils down to, okay, so how do I best love you so that we resemble the love of God? And it does no good to blow up if you're just struggling and, and need mm -hmm. a break. And, and so I think I'm not perfect at that, but that's what I try to do best is to just boil it down to what, what really matters. And yeah. Um, so I, but I think going back to your question and I'm, I'm seeing this now that we've been here for a number of months, you you've developed friendships. We're getting plugged into a church. And I think that was my biggest con not concern, but my, I guess my biggest hope for you as we got here plugged back into Dallas that those would be things that you made priorities and they have. And I've seen growth and maturity and just awesome things come from you. You haven't just sat and sulked. You've done the things that you needed to do in order to. Oh yeah. You have grow. to be your own advocate for yeah. sure. And set yourself up for the surroundings that you know you need. Like if you're listening and you're single and you're thinking, okay, Sarah Rose and Connor, great. Love all this advice for couples, but I'm single. So what do I do? It's so important to be surrounded by good, positive people and not toxic people. And so that might mean 
searching out new friends. That might mean some friendship breakups need to happen. That's hard. There's an episode in season one about friendship breakups if you guys want to go listen. Um, But it's definitely really important to choose your surroundings wisely and choose people that are going to lift you up and pour into you, whether you're having a great day and you're going to celebrate an accomplishment like relaunching the pod or if you're having a hard day and they just need to love on you and pray for you, whatever that might be, and that you can do the same for them on those days, which is really fun and exciting. It's a good thing. But I wanted to touch really quick. I know we're kind of bouncing around here, so sorry, but on canceling plans due to anxiety, I actually don't have social anxiety. No. So one thing that my brother and I have talked about because we relate a lot on the anxiety front and can understand each other as opposed to Connor is great at listening and asking necessary questions, but he doesn't get it because he's never experienced it. So my brother Scott and I have talked a bit about, okay, so if I'm at home all day working on my computer, Connor's here, Bali's here, which is really helpful. Um, And then at the end of the day, we have social plans and I want to cancel them. Is it because I'm procrastinating and don't want to put in the effort to get ready and go somewhere? Or is it because I literally don't want to be there? And for me, the answer is I know that I will be happy and energetic and poured into if I actually physically get there and interact with the humans. But it just takes the first step of, okay, let's let's get ready. Let's get up. And that's what's hard for me. And so encouraging me to do that sometimes is great. But then there's sometimes where I'm like, okay, I just need to do nothing. Whereas my brother, he's different. He knows that when he's struggling with his anxiety, if he goes to a social setting, he'll sit there, but he'll feel like he's on the outskirts and not really able to be present, which is different from me. I love being there and that gives me energy. And so knowing what makes you happy, whether that's a workout or being around people, even if you don't want to go do it, you have to force yourself or employ the people around you to encourage you to do so. And Connor is great at that. (laughs) Thank you, babe. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope that this could be helpful for you guys, whether it was just interesting or helpful. I think it's really important. Communication is the center of everything we've talked about here, whether that's Connor asking good questions or me telling him when I'm struggling. It's really important to speak up. And like Connor said, it's okay to not be okay, but you don't want to just sit in that. So seek out help, whether that's through talking to a therapist or um, and or getting a prescription and surrounding yourself with the good community that will lift you up on the hard days. Absolutely. Anything you want to add? No, I, The only thing that I would add, I think – just over the last few years is the importance of being plugged in at a church. And like, we've just found so much joy Mm -hmm. with the community and the love that we felt from people within the church. There's just so much happening within the church that I'm excited about. And we just feel so loved when we're there and welcomed. Right. Like most of my girlfriends that I found in Dallas, we've met through church, which is awesome. And so um, I'm going to have the kit for, for going to church. Yeah. And get, not just going to church, being being involved in church. Right. And forming those relationships. And it's also good to church shop, trying to church hop around and find where you feel most plugged in. And that was definitely different for Connor and I versus just us doing that as singles. But we'll do a whole episode on all of that and getting plugged into Dallas and advice we have on that. But 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next week. We have a relationship expert. You guys are going to be so excited to hear from her. And keep tuning You're in. You're having me on again? Ah, ha, ha. Love you. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at More Than a Crown Podcast, and share with your friends. Tag us if you post. We want to see and engage with you. And thank you so, so much.